I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Watford Buzz podcast, Opposition Breakdown. I'm your host for today, Jordan Weimer, uh, back on my own for this one. And uh, we're looking ahead to our final game of the season against Swansea City. It's not the kind of dramatic final game of the season we maybe perhaps hoped for or expected. Maybe not hoped for, but obviously there's something nice about kind of keeping that excitement going throughout the whole season. And it turns out these last two games haven't really had that, but it doesn't feel too bad, does it, when we, we know we've secured that automatic spot. Um, so on this one, I'm probably going to talk a little bit about Swansea. Maybe not to go quite as in-depth as we normally do. Um, just to kind of talk about some of the real standout strengths, weaknesses and just some areas to look out for. Uh, but I want to move on to some questions too because I did ask during the week for some questions and I got a few a few comments and a few uh, DMs uh, regarding that. So that's something we can talk about a little bit later on. Um, but I thought we'd just start with Swansea and kind of briefly go over them because um, I know it's not going to be quite as exciting this game as as maybe some of the other ones are. So you maybe not be you might not be as eager to, to learn about them uh, as deeply as we have covered previous teams. Uh, for those that haven't listened before, what we do on this is we, we talk about the opposition, uh, their strengths, weaknesses, kind of areas we can attack, things we've got to watch out for, uh, general shape, and just kind of give you a bit of an understanding of the type of team we're going to be playing. As I said, today's going to be Swansea, uh, fourth place Swansea, managed by Steve Cooper. Uh, they've had a really interesting season. Swansea are a team that have overachieved um, in a lot of ways. I think they're a decent team. Um, they're not a great team. But they've had times this season where their results have really kind of really maybe painted over some of the cracks that they really do have. Um, I, I think they, they've overachieved in a lot of areas uh, this season. We'll get to that um, as we kind of move on here. But we'll talk about kind of just shape, first of all. Uh, so most of the season they've played a 5-3-2, 5-3-3. That make sense. 5-3-2, 5-2-3. Um, kind of system and that, that's been pretty consistent but they, they really were struggling so they're not the most they're not the most fluid team they're quite attritional in a lot of ways and they kind of rely on some of these these flair players or you know kind of a little bit more quality in the, in the forward area someone like Andre Ayew for example uh, who looks to be out of this game um, against Watford but they weren't the most creative and things weren't very fluid and it could be quite hard to watch for a lot of the time. Uh, in, a few weeks ago, they kind of switched to a 4-3-3 and it's it's definitely improved things. Um, it's not perfect, but it, it's definitely helped their, 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 their attention to the ball has been much better. They've been playing between the lines a little bit more and, and things look a little bit cleaner. Uh, I think before it, it was very close to... Uh, so if I have to describe it, it's quite similar to watching us under Ivic. Um, it, it's not the most interesting attractive football to watch but they can kind of scrape these results and if you do that enough times obviously it keeps you towards the top end of the table and they've just they've consistently done it throughout the whole season so you've got to give them credit but I do think they were looked at as a as a 
big rival for second for longer than they should have been. They really kept themselves afloat uh, in that race for much longer than I think a lot of people anticipated, especially those that have been looking kind of at those, those deeper line numbers there and, and seeing kind of how these how these performances are somewhat unexpected uh, in a lot of ways. Um, but but so yeah, shape wise for this one, I expect the four three three again because we have seen some positives there, and I think that's probably what we're going to be seeing going into the playoffs of Swansea too. Um, it's definitely it's definitely something that I imagine they'll look to, to continue with. Um, we'll talk about some key players too that kind of operate in this system. Uh, one of the big ones is uh, obviously a player a lot of us will be familiar with is, is Matt Grimes. He's someone that we were linked with in the summer, uh, he, and he's been. He's been one of the better players then for sure. He's he's got a good range of pass and he he plays in a little little bit of a deeper position, somewhat like Will Hughes does. He's he's able to break up play, but he's got a good range of passing, and he can really kind of hit hit uh, get things going on the counter attack too, uh, and help build from a little bit deeper. Because as I say, they can be quite direct at times. And Matt Grimes is someone that's got the got the ability to play those kind of rangier passes and and maybe kind of transition that ball a little bit quicker, but with the precision that you kind of need in that situation. So that's someone that. He's a real standout. He's a captain. And honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if he's potentially one we kind of look at. Maybe the value is not there really right now for what, what we need. Um, and we've, we've got some other midfield options that we probably feel quite good about. Maybe things that we've learned about Chalaba, for example, that we might feel less less of a need to bring in another midfielder in that mould. Um, but he's one that we should definitely keep an eye on. He's, he's a fun one to watch. And he, he's also a danger too. He's a good free good free kick taker, good set piece taker. Um, or he can be maybe a little inconsistent, but he has got the ability to be quite solid there. Um, so quite an all-round, all-round good player. Obviously, Jamal Lowe too. We all, we're all quite aware of him. He scored against us in the reverse fixture. Uh, good forward. He's been playing wide a little bit, actually, in this, in this most recent weeks, kind of off the left. Um, but he does come inside and he's also a good, you know, he's a good goal scorer. He likes to take shots on goal and he's, He's quite a good finisher. Um, uh, at least, I mean, we saw that against, uh, as I said, against Swansea last time. He kind of celebrated in Ben Foster's GoPro and caused a bit of a stir, but definitely one to watch out for. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, when I look at this team, you look at the individuals, they've actually got some talent in there. It's not it's not like they lack ability, um, but it, it's really just the application of some of these guys that can just leave a little bit to be desired. And um, it, I don't know. I don't particularly enjoy watching the songs that he play. Um, I think the likes of Wayne Routledge and Horahan that have come in there, they can make some differences too. Uh, obviously, Routledge is, is pushing in age, but he, he's kind of been introduced a little bit more recently and that's that's brightened things up a bit too. I think it's quite frustrating. I've spoken to a few Swansea fans and they're not, they're obviously pleased with the, the way the season's gone. I don't think they really expected to be pushing this end um, of the table as, as much as they had been throughout the season but I do think it is kind of taking its toll a little bit and while this change in shape has kind of boosted hope somewhat I think there's still some negativity surrounding them I think this this summer is going to be very difficult for one for Swansea they could either find the kind of right areas to to improve and maybe at least match what they did this season because I think it's very hard to replicate it um, based with what they have but I do think I do think they're in danger of of dropping down a bit and they've obviously kind of well they're most likely going to have to sell one of their assets this season uh, to really kind of keep that that funding going obviously as these parachute payments dry up and yeah it's, it's they're in a difficult phase right now I think it was a some ways it was a make or break season for Swansea I think they, if they got promoted this year obviously that kind of wipes off a lot of their problems but missing out I think is going to be quite a big blur if they don't get through that playoffs um, which I mean they're probably not favourites too by any means uh, in a lot of opinions anyway uh, but in terms of style of play, well, we want to style of play. I think we covered the, the shape there. They're quite a 
you know, quite a, a wide 4-3-3 for the most part. That seems to be where they're most comfortable operating. And it, it, it suits them a little bit more, I'd say, especially with some of the ability they have to kind of get wide. And then with the lights of low, they can drift inside a little bit and get shots on goal. Um, they do like to keep it nice and short now, uh, especially more recently. Uh, they, they build up to that middle and they've got some quality in midfield to kind of build up that, that play and, and start to kind of progress the ball a little bit more patiently, um, perhaps more than they had done previously. Even though they've kind of continued with a lot of the same starting 11, they've been quite consistent with those players that have been playing. Um, even across the shapes now, they've managed to not make too many changes. The, the style kind of matches both and they've got some technicians in there too that are quite versatile. Um, they like to they like to play with a bit of width, as I said. So that short passing passing play they're trying to get the ball that wide and they're trying to make things happen there and um, they don't really have not really generally using that kind of target man or center forward they're kind of hitting early too and he's kind of controlling the ball and allowing to allowing his teammates to kind of progress at the field it's, it's more of a, a build-up from wide areas and, and trying to get the ball into the box um especially from that right hand side too that, that's an area where they like to they like to travel down um roberts on the right hand side really good right back uh probably I wouldn't say he's underrated. He just maybe not talked about as much um, as he perhaps deserves. I think he's someone that I think he's someone that deserves to be kind of in that in that player of the season kind of contention. You know, twenty five year old, decent age, and he's he's someone that they might be looking at to to cash in perhaps to kind of balance the books a little bit. But that right hand side could be quite dangerous, and that support from fullback is a, is a real benefit from them for them. Uh, it's definitely one to watch out for. He's he's a good play, he scores goals, he can get assists too, and he's he's just been very very productive. Um, uh, so yeah, that's definitely kind of the, the way they like to operate. But they're also they're also quite strong in some other areas too. They capitalise on their chances quite well. Um, earlier on in the season, they were quite underperforming their expected goals, but now they've kind of levelled that out a little bit. They're kind of getting a little bit more consistent with taking the chances. Um, they like to win the ball back nice and aggressively. Uh, they're not shy to to press you in that midfield, which we've seen has been quite quite good against us when teams do that it works them quite well so that's maybe something to watch out for if we if we do have that kind of starting midfield out there be interesting to see how they they kind of play up against a, a team that likes to kind of press them and close them down a little bit um one of the weaknesses i'd say there's a couple of weaknesses aerial jewels they're they're not the biggest team and they actually are not dominant there at all i think in midfield the midfield can be quite small um depending on the personnel but it's often quite small and it's not something that stands out they can get dominated quite quickly um, in that area, they don't, they don't look strong. Uh, and defensively too. For a back line, they're not particularly dominant in the air, less so than you'd normally expect. So that's definitely something you can look to exploit, especially when I think our wide men are a little bit underrated when it comes to their, their area ability and center and style. They're quite, I mean, they're both quite big guys as it happens, but they're also tying the leaps quite well in there. They're, they're quite strong in that area. Uh, the biggest weakness for me though is they do give up a lot of good chances, uh, good or high quality chances, I should say. Um, in terms of their expected goals this season, expected goals against, sorry, is 51.13. And we talk about them overachieving in a lot of ways. They've only actually conceded 37, which is a massive disparity there. Um, there's, some, there's some reasons. Uh, but when I go through and look at these chances, I've gone through and looked quite a few other the goals they conceded. I do think it's just an element of luck in there. Like when we talk about Norwich, they, they have a big disparity between their expected goals against and their actual goals conceded. But so much of that will come down to you know, a piece of good defending or, you know, the Grant Hanley tackle against Andre Gray, for example, or some some excellent keeping from t- goalkeeper from Tim Krul. But with Swansea, I'm, I'm not really seeing that. I'm seeing more of, uh, more kind of luck. And that's, it's, it's a weird one to come back to. They really have defied the odds. 
Um, I don't half on this too much, but they have just been quite lucky in a lot of ways. I've not watched every single Swansea game, but I do feel like I've, I've watched enough to have a good understanding of what this team are. Um, and I just don't think they're a great team. Uh, I just I think they've overachieved again. So that's kind of the main points I really wanted to cover on Swansea there. I know we've not talked too much about them. I know we generally like to talk a little bit more and kind of what we can do. But I think going into this game, there could be so many changes for us. We're not sure what to expect. Our place is settled now. There's no chance we're getting first and no chance we're getting, you know, we're settled in automatic in second. So there's a lot of opportunity for us to try some different things. So I don't want to spend, you know, 15, 20 minutes talking about what we're going to do and how to match up against them when really it's such an unknown factor. Um, I don't think we should kind of spend our time on that, but I will get on to some questions now because uh, we have a few. Most of them obviously looking towards next season rather than in, in relation to this game itself. Um, and as I've said previously, we're going to be talking a lot, a lot of this off-season stuff during the Watford Buzz podcast, the kind of main podcast. And we'll do a few separate ones as well, I'm sure, um, over the summer times. We're, we're looking ahead and, and trying to talk about the things that are going on off the field, whether it's transfers, you know, the recruitment side of things, or it could be you know, smaller off the field things, stadium development, whatever. I'm sure there'll be plenty of stuff to talk about and, and we'll make sure that we're uh, we're putting something out there for you. Um, but I'll get into questions. So the first one comes in and it's asking about shape next season. So this is going to be one that we're going to have more of an idea of once we kind of get further along the recruitment side of things. I don't think we, we're necessarily going to know uh, at this point. I mean, you'd expect us to keep something similar personally I'd imagine we'll be seeing something similar to that 4-3-3 I think that three in midfield that balance uh, will be quite I think it'll be necessary in a lot of ways I mean obviously we've seen some success with the 4-4-2 but I do think based on the squad we currently have I think that three in midfield will be will be called upon again uh, and, and that'll be likely what, what we'll see obviously you know we can't rule anything out 4-4-2 is an option I think if it was going to be anything else it would be that um, and, and that is definitely a potential shape for us kind of going forward all depends on recruitment for me um, and as obviously pre-season rolls around we'll start to get a better idea and we'll maybe kind of see how things go but I think what is important I think we need to have some flexibility I think we should be recruiting for a team that can play in multiple ways and, and give us that opportunity to change things when needed whether that's in-game or game to game uh, I think we have to find a way to do so we didn't see too much once we did change that 4-3-3 we didn't see too much variation after that and that's not a negative it's not a criticism of Shisko because we had no need to be winning a lot of games um, so I'm, I'm not going to criticise anyone for not changing that shape but there were maybe occasions where we could have seen something a little bit different. Um, but again, it's not too big of a deal right now. I think that will be something that just kind of comes about quite naturally as the as the season goes on. Or as this off-season goes on, I'm sorry. Um, next question, Saar transfer, will he be on the move? Um, I don't think he will be this summer. Obviously, there's potential there. Uh, I know Liverpool are reportedly interested in him again and supposedly, according to the Athletic, Watford aren't against that idea completely. Um, but I think it's going to be unlikely that Liverpool want to match his actual valuation. Um, and if he, you know, and he's worth a fair bit to us right now. He's, he's a good asset. Um, and if he does, if he does go, it's not necessarily the worst thing. I just think if he if he goes, it has to be early. In, it has to be early in the window. Obviously, he's a huge he's a huge player for us, and he'd be a big boost in the Premier League. But I don't think we should look at any players as irreplaceable, providing we've had the preparation time to to look for another target, and we have. Um, so I think you have to you have to kind of trust the. I know we've kind of maybe there's been some some criticism of recruitment previous, and especially the pre last campaign, the Premier League or last season, the Premier League. 
But I think what you do have to do is you have to trust that recruitment team to find to find these players and and find the likes of Ishmael Assar, uh, find ways to kind of get impact on the field and and raise that value and try and sell them on. I don't think we should get too attached to these players. Obviously, it's impossible not to to some degree, but I don't think we should be against selling them. We talked about this during the week uh, last week, I believe it was, and we we talked about kind of selling players on and being somewhat of a stepping stone there's nothing negative about being a stepping stone if done correctly it's a way of progressing your club um, it's a way of getting these players to your team which is ultimately what you want um, I think we shouldn't be thinking about players that are going to be playing for us that kind of Dini player that generational player that's going to be around um, I say generational I mean it doesn't happen too often that you have that one man kind of one team kind of man almost I know he's played other places but someone that sticks around for 10 years I don't think we should be looking at Ishmael Asara and thinking this is our guy for the next eight to ten years he's someone that we want to play for us be productive for us sell uh, and reinvest that money in the squad and I, I don't mean bringing in a, a player for 30 40 million i mean finding other guys like him uh, giving them the opportunity to sell on you keep doing that and then over time you can start to build some pieces and you can start to find ways of of keeping some of these players around in some ways but you know ultimately we're not we're not a Man City. We're not a, we're not Liverpool. We're not a, we're not a Chelsea. We are a team that's looking to progress, and I think it's an excellent way of doing it. Um, and that kind of moving on to our next question too, uh, which is what kind of striking options we can have in the Premier League? Are we going to look for a striker? And clearly, we've been looking. Um, Ik Agbo uh, from Chelsea has been on loan at Circle Bruges. He, there's, there's talk of that deal kind of being in the works. We've, we've been negotiating a fee with Chelsea between five and six million. And it kind of goes in line with what we're saying about recruitment. There's another another example of bringing in a young guy, early 20s, looking for an opportunity to play football. Uh, you get him at good value and he's someone that could raise his value or you know be productive for us, raise his value, or someone that could stick around for a bit longer. If it's not quite top, top level, and but they're consistently good, there's some, there's some quality in there, then it's someone that could stay around for a bit longer too. Um, and, and he's one of those guys that, that kind of falls into that category for me. Uh, but if we're talking about kind of what striking options Sorry, the wording of the question is a little bit confusing, but if we're talking about what type of striker we need, um, I think that's definitely one that's up for debate. Agbo is a is a poacher, kind of. He's he's a goal scorer, maybe is a better term for him. I think poacher maybe is kind of a little bit a little bit harsh and maybe suggests that he's just a, a tap in merchant, but he's not. He's he's a goal scorer. He's he's quite direct. Um he is able to play, you know, off the ball, he's quite good. He's able to play on the ball too. He can he can link up. Um, from what I've seen, I, the circle bruise didn't look good to me. They didn't really try to build up too much. So I think maybe if you look at his numbers, you can see he's not invo- involved in build-up play too much. I think partly that's down to the fact that he wasn't required to be because there wasn't really much build-up happening. Um, a lot of his goals came up from kind of him being aggressive and, and taking on players or or taking the ball off the opposition and kind of coming through and scoring. There's lots of variety of goals. His, his shot location, he likes to kind of play off that right-hand side in the box. He's you know, a, a box finisher. That's just what he is. Um, in terms of what we need, I, personally, I kind of lean towards us needing someone that's quite quite well-rounded physically. I want someone that's athletic and can, can travel. Um, think of... I'm trying to think of an example here to compare. Think of like a Calvert-Lewin. I don't necessarily need his scoring ability. Obviously, we'd love to have that scoring ability. But if we're talking about realistic value here... I think we need someone that's athletic, big, got some physicality to him, someone that can move around the pitch, give us some time. I think we need to have an outlet. 
um, someone that can bring his, his wingers into play. Because if we are going to continue with Saar, Sema, Zink and Eagle, if there's possibly another winger in there, I think we need, I think the primary objective in that forward is to have someone that can bring those players into play. Because we can see that we've got players that can score goals. Uh, Jao Pedro is a capable forward too. So he's not one to be ruled out, but I'd like to have an option, someone that can kind of run those lines, buy us some time, uh, can play in different areas of the pitch, can be a threat in, on goal. Of course, you want some degree of that for every one of your strikers, if, if possible. Um, but I want someone that that delivers and, and provides uh, provides some quality in other areas of the pitch. I think having a goal scorer, despite the fact we've definitely been something we've lacked in previous seasons, just getting an out-and-out goal scorer or someone that attempts to be that sort of player scares me a little bit. I want someone that can offer and contribute outside of that too. Um, and I think that'd be a good way of doing it, especially with the fact we've got some some wingers that can that can contribute to goals uh, with goals too. Uh, we have been spreading them around quite a lot this season, as we've seen. We haven't got a you know a main a main striker that's kind of banging in those 15, 20 goals that we had previously, uh, in the likes of Agallo or even Dini as well when we're in the Championship too. Um, so that's where that's the route I'd go, and I think also too it's a much easier player to find. I think finding the goal scorer is is, is very difficult because most of them they're at top clubs if they are going to be scoring that many goals a season. Um, but we've got to be open-minded. I just think that player is someone that we could we have more chance of finding, and, and it's a way of kind of improving that attack or helping that attack uh, at, at a good value because we have got to be looking at good value this season. Uh, I probably will go into some actual suggestions. Uh, as the, as the season as the off, off season kind of draws in a little bit, we'll talk about some players we could potentially be looking at, as well as covering the ones that we are actually linked to, as well, of course. <clears throat> uh, I've got another couple of questions for you here. Um, yeah, okay. The next one was about Grimes um, being a potential target. We kind of did touch on that. Um, if if Swansea failed to to get promoted, will, will Matt Grimes be a, a target for us? As I said, I'm not sure he will, just because that value there. I'm not sure the value is there, sorry. I think it's quite a big ask um, for us to kind of fork out that fee for a player that's maybe not a massive need at this point. I think the likes of Chalaber and Hughes playing at the level they have been this season, I think it it kind of negates the the need to spend on someone that plays a little bit deeper uh, like Grimes. But having said that, it wouldn't be a bad signing by any means if if we could get a decent... A, a decent kind of lowish figure. I just think we're not going to be seeing anything under 15 million. I just don't think we're going down that route this summer. It's possible, but I think if we're going to spend money uh, like that, I think it's really got to be in other areas or uh, a different mold of midfielder. It's not I'm against getting, buying a midfielder, but personally, I've kind of I've been a little bit vocal about this already. I'd like someone that can can maybe offer a little bit more kind of going both ways, someone that can travel that ground and and be kind of a multifaceted midfielder. I think Matt Grimes is is very good at what he does. Um, but I don't think it's quite what we're needing in, in that midfield if we're talking about kind of adding a different dimension to, to that area. Um, okay, next question. How do you scout a player? Uh, so this is obviously, this varies depending on person to person. Uh, and this is obviously a, broad, a broader question, not just about Watford, but how do you scout a player is, a, is something that's you know still up for debate and it's there's no kind of fine... There's no set in stone way of doing it. Um, in terms of, I'm not quite sure on the question if it's if if you mean this too, but identifying a player is one thing. Um, that's that's something that's always, in some ways, might be more challenging. If you're going into these kind of smaller leagues and looking for a player, it's kind of where do you start? And that's maybe where data has come in, especially you know in the recent years, data has become a big factor, and that's sometimes a you know good way of uh, of finding players that have. Kind of, 
they meet some of the metrics that your team is looking for or the club or the, the agent, whoever it is that's kind of getting you to scout, is looking for. And it's, it's a way of finding these players initially. Um, but it all, for me, comes along with video as well. I don't think you can rely on just video or just data anymore. I think you have to find a merging of the two uh, and find a way to kind of get a balanced view of the player. And I think you have to do both. Um, for me, I, I think data is a good way of, of finding those players. You know, if you're looking for... If you're looking for a productive winger, say, there are some very basic metrics you can look at and you can see, um, you can kind of point out these players, but then you also have to find contextually, how does it work? You have to watch the video of the team. You have to see how does he fit within that team? How does that team play? Um, are there similarities to what your team is looking for? Um, you know, there's, there's so many factors to consider here. Um, so it does take a long time or it can take a long time, uh, depending exactly on, on what the requirement is, what the remit is and, and, and what what you need to be looking for in particular um but for me i like to identify the player first of all uh watch you know it can vary it could be five it could be 10 it could be 15 games you could be watching uh, a mixture of games and, and specific actions um you might be watching you know, all sorts of things you can do there's plenty of ways you can go about it it all really just depends on the job i think um but, you know, some people do it differently. Some people just watch tape. Some people don't like the data side of it. Some people think that skews perspective. Um, some people lean way more heavily on the numbers and kind of don't look as much at the video and may maybe look at some more specific actions or clips to, to kind of get ideas of, of the player in certain positions. But for me, I try and be as balanced as possible. I try and look at all angles. It can be a bit difficult at times because it does take a bit longer. But I do personally think in the long run, um, that's the best way of doing it for me. Anyway, that's what I found is the best way of doing it. Um, so I think that's all the questions actually we've got a couple more but they're kind of touching on some similar points I don't want to retread on, on that ground too much um, so yeah it's been a little bit shorter in terms of the coverage of, of Swansea there so apologies for that if you wanted more but I'm sure most of you are probably pretty happy with that length um, so I just wanted to say thanks uh, for joining me again and thanks for joining me for this kind of solo podcast this season obviously it's been a little bit different to, to stuff I've done before so I'm still learning with it here um, so thanks for bearing with me um, and, and kind of sticking along for the ride. Next season, we plan on doing a lot more. Um, I want to make this a lot better. We'll continue to be doing something very similar to this, to kind of this format. I'm sure Tom and Matt and maybe some others would like to be involved at some point. I know quite a few of you enjoyed the, the one I did with David, which is obviously a little bit longer. David Anderson from, from Bees Tacticals. We talked about the Brentford game. Um, I will try to do more things like that in the future too. Obviously, like, this, is just a, this is just a good format for me to be able to put some notes together, kind of watch some stuff and just really just set up the mic and just talk at you guys. Um, I, I obviously have notes, but I'm not coming in this kind of with a script or anything, obviously. Uh, I'm sure you can tell we're just kind of going through it. Um, we'll be looking to make things all things better, hopefully going forward with the main podcast and this one too. So if you have any suggestions, um, negative what, what we're not doing right what we should be doing kind of what you'd like to hear more of less of please get in touch let me matt and tom know uh, and we'll be sure to incorporate it. this off season is going to give us that time to kind of develop some of these ideas it's kind of quite difficult with the fixture list this year to try and adapt things and change things and, and add as and tracks to subtract stuff it was very kind of very difficult to do so and and still be able to put stuff out for you all um yeah thanks again for listening We'll be back for the Watford pod on probably Tuesday. I imagine it will come out. And uh, yeah, hopefully you win the game and I'll, I'll see you all next time. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.